Hey everybody, welcome back to the Retail Ready Podcast. We are on episode number 34 and I am joined by another incredible guest. In today's episode, I got to hang out with Paula Hannigan, who is the founder of Bounce. The business started in 2004 after an inspirational trip by Paula and her husband to New York. Bounce is a company which just changed the game in snacking, especially with their range of bounce balls. In this episode, Paula tells all about her journey and her learnings along the way. I believe this is a must-listen to any business or brand just about to start out. Bounce is now a global brand with a new range of breakfast bars coming onto the Australian market. Loved chatting to Paula, loved hearing a story, and I hope you enjoy this episode too. All I ask is for you guys to switch off, chill out, and enjoy episode number 34. Welcome to the Retail Ready Podcast, hosted by Ben Wyatt. Your destination for product development, food trends, and some serious knowledge bombs about the food industry. Thank you very much for tuning in again, guys. I am joined by someone who has been on my radar ever since I started this podcast, and I'm pleased to introduce Paula Hannigan from Bounce Foods. So thank you very much for joining me, Paula. How's uh, how's it all going? Oh, thank you very much for having me, Ben. I'm, I really appreciate you um, inviting me to have a chat. Oh, no, I appreciate it. Um, I've been speaking to your husband, um, and I don't know whether he handballed um, the podcast to yourself or you actually um, <laughs> have more stories than him. So I don't know how that <laughs> worked, but I, uh, uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a tag team approach, and uh, I can't wait to hear your story. So. For for the people listening, um, mm. you, you're kind of a big brand. You're um, you're probably the uh, disruptors in a lot of the space in retail. But for everyone listening, who are you, and who's the brand that you created and now represent? Okay, um, well, um, Bounce. Um, I guess we. Oh gosh, we started the business now in 2004, so we're 15 years old now. Wow. Um, yeah, when I think about that, I feel quite old, actually. <laughs> um, but, um, <laughs> for those of you, for, for, your, for your listeners who um, sort of are still not don't know Bounce, I guess we're a healthy snacking brand um, and primarily known for our signature protein energy balls, which can be found um, on supermarket shelves and convenience stores across Australia. Um, our products offer tasty, convenient and balanced nutrition and um, We've got a good amount of protein, not too much, along with a balance of carbs and fats, and um, our products deliver sustained energy on the go. So that's a bit about Bounce. Um, and uh, sort of, um, I guess, my personal story, if you're interested in, in hearing oh, about that. A hundred percent, because I've read little bits about you and... Uh, I'm I'm just looking forward to hearing the real story. So okay. I'm yeah, I'm sure everyone's intrigued to know how who you are, where where you began, and uh, yeah, where where how you got the idea. I'm I'm intrigued. Okay, cool. Well, um, I'm from Perth. So I was born in Perth, Western Australia. Um, I started out as an occupational therapist, fresh out of uni. Wow. Um, and was sort of working in hospitals and helping people recover from illness, um, etc. And at the age of about 26, um, I guess you could say I had my first career crisis. 
Um, as much as I wanted to sort of help people, I found mm. the hospital environment quite stifling, and I just, um, I just, I wanted to contribute to people's health, but I, I didn't want, I, I wanted to prevent them getting into the hospital rather than okay. dealing with them in the, in the hospital system. So, at at 26, I went to visit my sister who was living overseas, uh, not overseas, in Sydney at the time, and um, I started. I was just waiting tables. Um, and just trying to work out my next move. And um, all the while I was um, really into the gym and sort of I witnessed the emergence of the per- of personal training. So personal yeah. training was just starting to get, you know, a lot of traction at that point. Yeah, and okay. so I decided that, you know, that was where I'd put my attention. And um, so I, I trained as a, uh, as a personal fitness trainer. Um, I was working at... Um, Healthlands at the time, which um, is now known as Fitness First, and that's when I met Andy. So in about 1998, um, I met him. We were actually running beside each other on the treadmill, funnily <laughs> enough. Wow, and, sounds like uh, I'm my wife. <laughs> she, yeah. Yeah, she fell off the treadmill, and that's how I uh, got to introduce uh, myself to her. So, yeah, we've, <laughs> we've got something in common. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, well, I feel like, um, you know, We've been running beside each other on the treadmill ever since. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Um, So Andy was also a personal trainer. So um, we were both training clients. We both had our separate businesses and we were supporting each other but um, working alongside each other. And then we sort of, we naturally evolved into um, life uh, coaching. I went into life coaching. Andy went into business coaching. So we were, we sort of, we evolved our, our consulting businesses to work one-on-one on a sort of broader spectrum mm-hmm. with individual clients. And whilst we both loved working with our clients, um, we started wondering about what other ways we could make a difference, um, which would provide an opportunity to impact more people without necessarily having to see them in person one-on-one. So that, yep. that was a question we were asking ourselves at the time. We didn't know the answer, but we were just pondering this question. Um, and so we got married in 2001 and shortly after our wedding in 2002, I was traveling in New York city, uh, visiting some friends when I came across an amazing product. And, um, and I don't know if you've ever, have you ever been to New York? Uh, only when I was a teenager for a couple of days. Um, but I'm, I'm going to have to go back because there's, there's so much inspiration that I'm sure oh. I can find over there. Like it's, oh, my God. Yeah, one day it, soon, it, hopefully. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe it was, a, it was something about being in, in the city and like yeah. just feeling like anything was possible. Like I felt so alive um, wow. in the city. And um, I had this out-of-box out thought, like out-of-the-box thought, um, you know, after after trying this product, I thought, mm. you know, what if what if we created a food product like this that was tasty, high protein, healthy, convenient, and made it accessible to more than just the gym junkie? Because yep. at the, at the time in in Australia, you know, we had a couple of bars that were really high protein and they were all geared at sort of the the muscle bodybuilder type. Yeah. And uh, this product that I found was high protein but it tasted great and it was just <laughs> it didn't it break different. your teeth <laughs> yeah. it didn't break your teeth and it didn't taste like cardboard and you know so i felt oh, like we i've had lived my, i've lived know. my life on them <laughs> exactly so so i got back and i had had this product and i you know we did some you know quote unquote market research with about yep. 
20 of our friends and said, what do you think about this? And uh, everyone loved it. And so, so with a good dose of blissful ignorance, I just reached out to the manufacturer and said to them, like, you know, what could you do? Could you do this for us? Could you make mm. something like this for us? Um, and um, that's it. So that's where it started. Um, and so, you know, we had zero experience in the area, um, but we had, you know, what we lacked, I guess, in experience, we made up for with enthusiasm, energy, and just a hunger to learn and have a go. Like in the true Aussie, you know, have a go mentality, we just thought, well, why not? You know. That is so that's how it began. Yeah, and oh. um, yeah. And so, because I I I associate your brand of as the founder of the Bliss Ball. To be honest, like I believe. You, you started the trend and I, I've never seen a trend blow up so much like every shelf and everything you can put in a bliss ball people are doing and they're still popular today. Would you say, apart from your little inspiration in New York, who probably were the founders of the bliss ball, would you say you guys started the the ball rolling, uh, pardon the pun, um, <laughs> on, uh, on, on that forum? I, I definitely think that, um, I mean, that I remember the bliss balls being in little canisters um, in my local health food store. So there were there was a sort of bliss ball there, like a date-based ball mm. in the canister, but there was nothing in it in, that was packaged and convenient. And I think I think um, we definitely did help create a ball category um, because there was just there was nothing on the supermarket shelves like that. There were, there were just, as I said before, there were just the bars. Yeah. But I do believe that sort of we kick-started a, a category of on-the-go, convenient um, balls. Um, nice. And now there's, I mean, there's obviously a lot of um, different variations in the market. So Yeah. And before yeah. we took on the, the competition, like, I'm, I'm intrigued to know, so you you contacted the manufacturer you, and mm-hmm. and you, you you probably got all these balls delivered to whether it was your house or um, a warehouse. What? How did you then build? How did you then go, right, we've got got this great concept. Where were, where were the next steps? Like, do you remember your first account that um, you signed up? Yeah. Um, well, okay. So I'll just, just backtrack a little bit. So, so, um, we, as you, so we fell into sort of this, I guess, private labeling slash importing model, yeah. um, and um, so you know we got we started coming up with sort of ideas for product and and packaging and branding and etc. Importing and distributing, and um, so Andy, um, my husband, basically would hire a, a truck and. Um, and drive down to the airport and pick up pallets of stock and bring it back. And um, then we'd sort of stack them up in the hallway originally in our, um, in <laughs> yeah. our Bondi apartment or actually Bellevue Hill apartment. And then when, we, when eventually we moved to the Central Coast, we, we set up our garage um, as our distribution outlet. So we had the garage there. And so we'd unpack the product um, and then we'd, we'd sticker it and um, – and then we'd get a courier and we'd, we'd basically courier it out. And Andy, who was the more outgoing of the two of us, um, yep. he naturally assumed the sales role. So he'd, he'd just basically go to our um, 
you know, we started in Bondi, you know, the local yeah. health food stores, um, and he'd, he'd go armed with like two big tubs of balls under his arm, and he'd, he'd have, at that stage, we had T-shirts with um, – um, what would you do if you had the balls written on them? <laughs> and um, he'd just make a ton of ball jokes and go in there and charm the pants off, off the people and, and, um, and make the sales. And then he'd ring me up and say, I sold a couple of tubs. And I'd go, yay. So he'd ring me up and say, they said no. And i go, oh, no. <laughs> so it was just, it was, um, it, was a, it was bliss, a lot of blissful ignorance. But, you know, we just... We just did the next logical step, you know. We worked out what we needed and we just, mm-hmm. you know, if we – and I, I ended up sort of creating a spreadsheet of all of our accounts and then we we sort of would go, oh, well, these guys need to pay us. So I'd ring up in my nicest voice and say, hey, um, it's Paula here, um, you know, we, we, your invoice is due. And they'd go, oh, oh, actually, I need some more. And then we kind of oh. worked out how, how to sort of manage clients and get – resales and um so we put on the first 200 stores ourselves and then um gradually um started go re- recognizing that we needed distributors and and it just evolved slowly but surely oh wow and now you can yeah. be found on uh, most supermarket shelves and literally every shelf every time i go to a shop um your products are there which which is just an absolute fantastic achievement and even Thank even you. in the UK though, like you're you're everywhere. Like, am, am I am I dreaming that your products in the UK and overseas, or have you grown that big to be everywhere and on most shelves? Well, in uh, in about um, in the early stages, a couple of years after we started, we partnered with um, a, a friend of ours, a colleague who was from the UK. And um, and then he, in about, I think it was 2007, I can't remember now, it's that long ago, he moved over to the UK and set it up over there. So that, that business has been going for a while now too. Um, and so, yeah, so, um, and it, it gathered a lot of momentum over there, which we're very blessed, very blessed to have, um, you know, the, the brand catch on like it has. That's fantastic. And yeah. You, you've moved into other areas as well because I saw Andy post on LinkedIn uh, like new products that you've um, created, kind of like the breakfast bar. Like, do you yes. do you see yourselves striving into different territories now? And is that is that like a plan of plan of attack for the company? Yes, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, we've got as you say, we're we've we've got great distribution, and that's. That goes down to you know our relationships really. Like we've got a, an amazing sales team who just foster um, strong relationships with our distribution and our distribution partners. Mm. Um, and you know, and we're just now you know looking at how can we um, make the most of those relationships and how can we expand, bounce now. Um, how can be more? How can we become more than just a ball brand? Yeah. Um, and moving into different categories is part of the grand plan. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I'm going to have to touch on it. Like I don't see. Well, I've not come across many husband and wife partnerships. How how does how does that how do you find that work? Does it because it's you've worked from the start together? Is it is it just natural or how how does it work splitting business and personal life? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, well, you know, we're just um, 
it's a work in progress, um, but I think it boils down to um, we're very aligned. You know, we've, we're aligned in terms. Andy and I are really aligned in terms of our core values. So mm. that's that's pretty key. Um, we have complementary skills. So he's really yeah. outgoing, and he's he can sell ice to Eskimos. He's just <laughs> yeah, so charismatic, <laughs> and. Whereas I'm, um, I'm very detail oriented. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the glue that holds things together. I, um, I work a lot in the background, um, and um, so he's more big picture, and I'm more detail. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, we've got great communication, and it, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm not going to lie, you know, pillow talk is a bounce, you know, and other, yeah. you know, so but we have to learn. We're learning how to you know, keep a boundary between work and, and our personal life. Yeah. Um, but that's a constant a constant juggle and and um, you know, we just we're just really committed to making it work. Fantastic. Um, and I really like him. <laughs> I mean he, <laughs> you know and, and the other thing I think is um, continued commitment to personal growth. So we're both committed to growing, we're both committed to learning. Um, and we, you know, we will pull each other up if, if we're, if either of us is, you know, getting into some kind of drama loop or, you know, going down a path that's not, not helpful. Um, you know, we have the capacity to sort of pull each other up and be the rock for each other when we need to. And, um, so, I mean, it's, it, that works really well. And the, the challenging parts are when you're both in it, you know, struggling with something. You know, that's when it gets a bit tricky. Um, so anyway, you know, it, it works. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess um, it's nice that you guys are still getting on. And my next question would be, because there would be pressure between um, so many different aspects in the business, whether it's the stuff you're dealing with or the stuff uh, Andy's dealing with, what has been your biggest hurdles from kind of day one? to now is there anything that sticks in your mind as to um what has been the biggest challenges uh, just growing the brand i think we've had a number of sort of hurdles over the last 15 years um you know the first one being sort of um i guess uh, i call i call this like i sort of i've been reflecting on the different stages that the business has been through and i guess the first the first stage, which I reflected on as blissful ignorance, was kind of the honeymoon yeah. phase, you know, when you kind of, you don't really know what the challenges are and you just yeah. deal with them as they come up. And I think there's there's real merit in that because I think if you knew what they were, you probably wouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think that there's a, there's a stage where, um, and I call that hello complexity, you know, when... Um, you know, things started to get a bit more complex. And because we didn't have that business degree, we weren't really prepared for it. And, um, you know, we, you know, when we took on our UK partner and we expanded to the UK, mm-hmm. um, you know, looking back on that, you know, maybe we did that a little bit too soon because what happens is you, you, you expand to a new market and then, um, you know, suddenly you need funding <coughs> for that. Oh, okay, so, yeah. So we needed to raise funds for that, and um, and then it sort of took our attention from the Australian market. And so, so and plus, when when you do that, you've got to like sometimes you know we had to give up equity 
in the company in order to do that. So the biggest hurdles are, you know, funding, yep. um, growth and funding. And, um, you know, uh, so that's sort of one of the big lessons that we've learned. Um, another sort of hurdle, I think, was um, recently, oh, actually the last four years ago, we decided to go to the U.S. And um, we, you know, Andy and I and our family moved over there. Um, okay, wow. Yeah, we lived in um, Oregon in a place called Bend, which was incredible personal experience. Um, and, um, you know, the brand really took off there for a couple of years there. And then it's just, I think we underestimated the capital that was required to do that and, um, tried to do it on our own without a major partner. And, um, you know, looking back again, you know, it was one of the major lessons that we focused our energy on that when we could have been focusing our energy here in Australia and our growth here in Australia could have been much faster um and subsequently we're sort of winding back our u.s operations because we realized that we just couldn't we needed to focus our energies on australia um and um so we're just still um in the process of sort of regrouping from that so i think sometimes sometimes you can have you know these i mean we've got we had big big goals for sort of global expansion and sometimes you just need to really think about it and go, well, what's really important here, um, and and where do we really where do we really want to invest our our time, energy, and funds? Um, but you know, if we hadn't have done it, we wouldn't have known, and we pro- if we hadn't have done it, we would have gone, what if? So yeah. no regrets, but I just think you know what I I guess what I really want to impart on on people. Who might be listening to this is um, just you know think about when you when you when you're going for something really think about it from 360 degrees not just you know the positives but the negatives as well. Yeah, that 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 uh, fantastic for sharing that. So thank you very much. That that was just so powerful because the amount of companies and brands that I hear who are always after kind of the Chinese market or the Asian market, and you kind of go. Well, you kind of need to sort your homegrown market out. Like, there's people always underestimate there's 26 million people in Australia, and then they always think the one billion in Asia. It's kind of going, well, if you can't if you can't give the best customer service in mm. kind of your own back garden, it's um, you might not be big enough, or you might not be ready for the uh, expansion. And I've, I've, the words you just said then, like really inspiring and I think a lot of people hopefully listening will take a lot of advice from that because yeah I just think they think ah we'll just get into America and that's that's it it'll just grow organically over there but um America America is is a beast of a market I mean originally when we first got there bounce was a bounce was like the um the golden child, the, the next new thing. And we did mm. really well getting into all of the key retailers. Um, Trader Joe's took us on. We were in Whole Foods. We were, we were in all the majors. Um, and then you just have to keep investing and, and keep promoting. And, yeah. um, and, you know, if you don't have the dollars that some of the other sort of big guys have, it's very, yeah. very difficult to sustain. Um, and, and if you're not marketing and promoting, um, you know, I think that the the the, the, um, 
the customer in the US thinks bigger is best. And because our product is very compact, you know, it's a it's you know it's a compact product, but it packs a punch nutritionally and it can really sustain you. But unless you've tried it and you're looking at the our product compared to a you know a sixty gram Cliff Bar that's ninety nine yeah. cents, you know that's ninety nine cents. So people are very value conscious and they think bigger is best over there. It's hard to cut through. And once people have tried the product, you know it you know it probably tastes better than the majority of products that you get on the shelf over there. But You've got to get to that point of purchase. So, yeah, yeah there are sort of um, – and I think the proposition, you know, didn't didn't quite work. Interesting. So, yeah. Interesting. Would you – did you find when you moved to the US and um, then the growth in Australia kind of in your space occurred, would you say that the competition in your area grew and mm-hmm. – how did you fight that competition? And even now to this day, how how do you feel that you how do you find the competition firstly, and how do you how do you combat the competition? Well, I definitely think that in the in the four years we were in the US, focusing our energy there, um, we we sort of um, we sort of lost some traction in mm. terms of new product development, um, and that was probably when the majority of the competitors came into the market um and but i um which which you know looking back it was is a bit of a shame that that we we didn't capitalize then but at the same time you know um i think our product is still really quite unique you know there's a lot of products um balls that have come into the market that you know have a date base and they're sort of um quite different um, they might be, be balls, but they are quite different in their mm-hmm. in their nutritional um, breakdown. Yep. And um, so, I think I mean I think we're very lucky that um, that people we've we've got brand that consumers that have just remained really loyal. Like we haven't lost too much too much market share. Yeah, um, we maintained our market share, but I think you know we we could have been producing like and much more. In that time than we have yeah so but you know you know yeah, you, 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 you can't you can't waste <laughs> your time saying oh you know with regret you know we, we've learned we've learned a hell of a lot um you know I'm a, I'm a much better business person now because we've made we made the mistakes that we have um you know I just I think you can't learn this stuff without going through it you yes. know I I, I I I laugh and say I did I did my MBA you know, 15 years of being out there getting, getting you know, lesson after lesson. Um, and it's, you know, it's not all, it's not all rosy at all. It's yeah. like, it's, it's tough. It's tough lessons. And it, but, you, you know, it's the learning that's invaluable. It's, it's just a beautiful story because I find that you think um, your learnings or your negative learnings is growing a brand in America whereas some people would just be absolutely overwhelmed with that and for me your your brand is phenomenal like you you are the the leader in kind of yeah the the bliss ball space or kind of the on the go healthy non-protein bar space I like to call it like I, I grab your yeah. products because I'm I, I was fed up of eating like a, a brick as a protein bar and yes when you guys came on the market, it was kind of going, oh, what's this? So it's it's so inspiring to hear your story and to just to hear that 
it was yeah you and your husband with a a corridor full of boxes and <laughs> a couple of crazy t-shirts and it's grown now into a, a global brand and you're still finding that you're learning and um you're striving for more which is which is great so I've learned a lot anyway and I've, and again thank you very much for sharing your story and the the last question I have is most people yeah. will probably know your brand um but if if they wanted to learn more about your new products um where's the best place to find information on your new products would it be the retailer shelves yet or more online um or in different markets um the new product well you can definitely learn about our new products by going to the website um which is um bouncefoods.com.au um but we're we're um our new um breakfast bars are available in um caltex and um and coles express i think they should be soon anyway um, so there's a lot of the um, petrol and convenience taking it on, and we I think we've just hit the Coles shelves as well, Coles Fantastic. supermarket shelves. Yeah. So um, and we're really proud of that product. It's 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 delicious. Um, and have to try that one. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely give it a try. Um, I think that's I think that's it. Perfect. Yeah. And I again thank you for telling your story and. I've, I feel it was heartfelt and I feel that there's so much learnings for anyone listening to this episode of kind of the real aspect of business, the the honeymoon period to start with, then the lessons to follow. Mm. Uh, so thank you. And I'm sure everyone listening, uh, thanks you for sharing your story, Paula. And I can't wait to hear more from yourself and from the bounce story. Thank you so much for your time, Ben. Really yeah. appreciate it. 